Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Welcome to Crossbridge. I'm Kevin, and I'm the lead pastor. And I want to welcome every single person who is, uh, is tuned in, who's listening, who is at one of our campuses, our online campus. Um, we have folks represented all over, all over the country, and uh, I'm thankful for you. And I want to welcome those at Peru with Pastor Kevin, as well as those in Morris uh, with Brian. And we're just thankful to have the opportunity to worship together, and I'm thankful to have the opportunity to share with you. We're continuing in the story. It has been, um, it's been many weeks, and we continue to take a look at uh, now the life of Jesus. And this week may sound like a downer. It's really not. I think it's good news. We're taking a look at Jesus' death. And so um, this whole story started back in chapter 1. Uh, the God of the upper story created this lower story so that he could come down to be with us. In fact, Randy Frazee, one of the authors um, of the story itself, the book you've been reading, he describes the scene like this. Sin was introduced, and it's been a mess since. Sin is essentially a preoccupation with selfishness over otherness. This is not the, the vision of God. Um, so Adam and Eve are escorted from the garden, and God returns to the upper story, but promises a plan to get his people back. So I just kind of... Um, for many of you, you might be familiar with the story of Jesus, um, the story of him going to the cross and him dying on our behalf. But I also, uh, I don't ever assume that all of you know that story. In fact, if you don't, um, it's okay. In fact, I'm glad you're listening. This is a great story, and I really want you just to tune in. And for those who do know the story, my guess is every time we hear the story, God has something new to say to us. And so I trust that today. But I'm going to pray with us before we go any further. Father, thank you so much for every person at every campus. And we trust that when your story is told, when it is celebrated, when we share the good news of what you've done for us, that you always have something to say to us. There's always something to remind us of. There's always um, probably something that you just wanna um, to tap us on the heart and say, hey, like, catch this, notice this, this is for you. And so I pray that for every person who's listening today, Every person who is tuned in, um, listening for your voice that they would hear from you today. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to kind of, uh, big overview, right, as we work through the story. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights, and it's this. You, you got Judas. Maybe some of you remember Judas. Judas betrays Jesus. So he sold the whereabouts of Jesus for about 30 pieces of silver. Uh, Jesus is arrested. His disciples scatter leaving Jesus all alone. Even Peter, his right-hand man, you may remember this part of the story, denies him three times. He's taken before Caiaphas, the high priest. They're looking for evidence to convict and to kill him. And Jesus gives them what they needed. In fact, um, it says, it tells us that they spit on him, they slapped him around. From there, he's taken on to Pilate, uh, the governor of Rome. Now, one of the things you'll kind of see in the story as you read it is this, that Pilate uh, really doesn't have interest in this matter besides coming out of it looking good politically, basically just not making a mistake with it. He decides the best plan to deal with Jesus is to pass the buck and let the Jewish leaders make the decision. He decides to have Jesus flogged, 
Um, many of you, I don't know if you know what flog means, a brutal Roman custom where the accused is stripped and tied to a post and beat with a whip that has sharp objects, sometimes even pieces of bone, metal tied in the end of it, and, and it literally would have ripped through his flesh. They made a crown of thorns and pressed it upon his head. In fact, this even became more real to me um, as I moved to my uh, a different house. Many of you knew I was moving. I'm still in the Ottawa area, but I moved. I was walking through the backyard, and I noticed that there is this tree with thorns about this long. And uh, in fact, the tree looks scary. Um, I, I told my kids about it, so they're not running down there after dark, messing around under this tree. But it, it instantly, though, it, it kind of overwhelmed me because I thought, man, if if the thorns that were sunk in Jesus' head looked like these kinds of thorns, it would have been awful. They placed a, a purple robe on him to mock him. They, they bring him out and they ask the crowd what to do with him and they yell, crucify him. And that's exactly what they did. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves and a few hours later, Jesus dies. They thought in a lower story that he was finished. But here is the epic turning point in God's upper story to get his people back. See, this is the gospel. It's the good news. And when we say good news, that's good news for me and that's good news for you. And so I really want to just talk about the significance of this good news. In fact, Jesus is he's being crucified during Passover week. This is the week when they celebrated the event where they put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost and God passed over those homes and spared the firstborn um, from death. John the Baptist introduced Jesus earlier on as the lamb of God and God carefully selected this time. And Jesus actually said, the hour has come. This was intentional and he was communicating a message that the lamb, uh, this, these, what they would have known as, as the lamb that is the sacrifice that Jesus was the ultimate lamb, that he was the final lamb and the sacrifice for all people. Um, some of the things that um, stuck out to me as I, as I read through this story were this. Um, the first big idea that I want you to hear is that this isn't something good gone bad. This isn't that Jesus showed up and in the midst of the story, evil took over and uh, evil won the day. In, in fact, um, Jesus is aware of everything that is going on and he's, and he's choosing a conscious choice. He's choosing this path for you and I and for all mankind to accept a brutal death on our behalf. Matthew 26 says this, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. What a powerful passage of scripture. It's a picture when Jesus is contemplating what is coming ahead. And he, and he basically says, um, this is not really what I want, but Lord, if it's what you want, let your will be done. Uh, Jesus knows what tomorrow brings, and yet he still chooses it on our behalf. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, he chose to love us, right? That Christ died for us. Who would do this? Only someone who truly loves you. This says a lot about how Jesus feels about you. And there's so many good things about Jesus, but this by far, I think, is the most incredible one. That he chooses to love us, um, not because of what, how we were loving in return, but because he just chose to love us first. And he chose to suffer and to be sacrificed so that we could have a relationship with him. Uh, so what do we do? Because um, in my opinion, 
when I hear this story and even I tell this story and I think about you on the other end who's receiving that. I think about people sitting in the Peru campus or maybe you're sitting behind a computer or you're sitting in that school there at the, um, at, in Morris. Uh, I think like it's overwhelming. Um, in fact, when I think about this idea of being loved this way, what can we even say to it? How can we respond to it? We're just not, we're not accustomed to being loved in this truly unconditional kind of way. I was moved by a story in the news uh, a couple weeks ago. Many of you may have seen it. It was a story where a police officer um, went into her apartment complex and she entered the wrong floor. And she opened her door, what she thought was her door, and it wasn't her apartment, and there was someone in there. And, um, and I'm sure it was intense, and she ended up shooting the man and killing him. And um, terrible, terrible story. In fact, as I watched it unfold, one of the things that Rachel and I talked about, my wife, was there were no winners in that story. You felt so bad for the family who lost their loved one, yet you felt, I felt terrible for this police officer who, um, who ended up on the wrong floor. And, uh, and I'm sure out of fear, um, did what she did. And, uh, but anyway, as this, as this story unfolded and they were in the court proceedings, um, I, I remember seeing on Facebook this thing that just blew up and went viral in like a matter of hours. And the brother of the victim who was killed um, was testifying and he was a part of the proceedings. And in the midst of that, he began to express how he felt about this officer who was on trial. And, and he began to express that he held no feelings against her. In fact, he forgave her and he loved her and wanted the best for her. And then he proceeded to ask the judge, he said, can I get up and can I give her a hug? And, and, the, and the judge allowed it, he got up, he gave her a hug. And let me tell you something, like that story, it just blew up. Like viral, 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 everywhere. You, you couldn't go to a, like any sort of website, any sort of news website without seeing this and seeing the embrace and, and hearing about this story. And, and I thought to myself, it was a powerful story, but why did it blow up the way it did? It blew up the way it did is because we're not accustomed to seeing that kind of unconditional love. It's, it's like driving down the road and seeing a purple cow in the middle of the country that if you did, you would take a picture and, and you would post that and, and it would go everywhere, right? Because it is so rare. See, when I think about what Jesus did for us, it is rare. It, it is not something we're accustomed to seeing. It's not something we're accustomed to even wrapping our head around and wrapping our mind around and say, how could he do that? How could a God who didn't have to choose death choose to go through what he did for each of us, and, and what does that say about that kind of love? I, I think it's a love that is, is truly um, beyond expression. See, and, and, and really then, what is our response to it? What does Jesus really want from us? And here's what I would say to you. I just think Jesus wants you to acknowledge it. I think God is just looking for you to say, I acknowledge what you've done for me, and I acknowledge how much you love me, and I receive it. That seems way too simple, but I believe it is the gospel um, in its simplest form. That really what God desires is that we would recognize his movement towards us and that we would say yes to him.
Now, for many of you um, who are listening today, you've said yes to him. You have a relationship with Jesus. Our mission is to lead people into that very relationship, for you to discover what it means to have a personal relationship with God. For others of you, I think maybe you would say, I've heard that story a number of times, but um, I just I haven't made that decision yet. It's really hard for me to receive that, Kevin. It's hard for me to believe that fully. It's hard for me to take that on and, and really say, yeah, I'm 100% in when it comes to this gospel. So I think one of the questions that I had that as I worked through this story and I was thinking about how to present that to you is what comes next? If you're to the place where either you've received the good news or you're contemplating to receive it, um, what comes next? And, and here's what I saw in the story, that Jesus aligned himself with God's upper story plan. See, John 18, 11 says, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? This is when they came to arrest uh, Jesus and um, Peter's there. And I mean, he's ready to stand up, you know, and take care of business. And, and Jesus says, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? John 6, 39 says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. As I read through scripture, here's what I hear. Jesus is not taken by surprise the events that are unfolding. Jesus knew exactly what was coming. And, and not only did he know it was coming, he was choosing to go along with the will of the Father every step of the way. Jesus chose to follow God's upper story plan from his Father in heaven. You know, um, what would it look like for us to say, Jesus, what if our prayer was, help me be in alignment with your upper story plan for my life? It reminds me this past week, I was, um, I was in the truck. Uh, I took my son, he mows yards. And so I took him to mow a yard and I picked him up at the end. And he's still in the process of getting his hours of driving, but he doesn't ask to drive very often. And um, between you and I, I'm I'm okay with that when I'm with him. I would prefer to drive. Um, but this time I, I got in the truck and he came over to the passenger side and he said, hey dad, can I drive? And I thought, oh. but I was like, sure buddy. And so I got out of the truck and he got in you know, the driver's seat and I went around the passenger seat and we proceeded to drive home. Now I was trying to act relaxed because one of the things he said to me not long ago was that he felt like every time he drives with myself or my wife that we're just a little too uptight, right? Uh, for good reason. But as, as we're driving through the country, um, I'm very much paying attention to where we're at in the road, and I'm very much paying attention to what he's doing. And, uh, and truthfully, he's doing pretty well. Um, but there are times that as we're riding in this truck that the passenger tire on the right side, I mean, I would prefer him to be a little more on the right than the center line, but we are riding like right on the very edge of the road. You know how there's little gravel shoulder. And I just thought to myself, I could picture him, right? Like kind of slipping off that and overcorrecting. And, and so I'm trying to act relaxed, but everything inside of me just wants to reach over and just barely adjust his wheel. I didn't. I kept my mouth shut and I just proceeded to ride. And, um, and it was interesting. We got to the house, you know, five miles later, we got to the house. I could breathe again. And, and we, we pull in and he says, he says, dad, did I do okay? And, and, and I really was proud of him because he hasn't been extremely open to correction. Um, in fact, I feel like when we correct him, he doesn't like it, right? What kid does. But the fact that he asked 
And I said, you know, buddy, you, you did fine. In fact, you did well. The only place you didn't do well, I didn't even talk about the side of the road. I talked about a stop sign that he rolled through um, about a mile um, prior to that conversation. But here, here's what I want you to hear from that story. See, I, I think, here's, here's what um, God wants for us. I think that God wants us to stay in our lane. And when I say stay in our lane, what I'm defining is this picture that he says, this is the lane that I have for you. This is the absolute best path and it's the absolute best plan for your life because I love you. There's, there's a line on the left and there's a line on the right. There's a shoulder sometimes or, or even, you know, when you hit and it, and it makes the noise, right? There's ways in which his Holy Spirit at times says to us, hey, 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 you are crossing the line, right? But I believe this, that God more than, I mean, he tries to speak to us sometimes in whispers, sometimes in yells, because we know what we're doing is wrong, but he tries to keep us in the lane. But I think one of the things that God also appreciates is when in the midst of our prayer time, in the midst of talking to him, that we say, God, I give you permission. I ask for your help. I ask for your guidance. Like, I want to do your will, and I need to hear from you. See, I think that's really, really big. When I think about what Jesus was doing, I think Jesus was making sure that he was in the right lane, that he was in this lane which the Father had called him to, and he wasn't venturing to the left, and he wasn't venturing to the right, that he was going to make the decisions that the Father had called him to make. See, when I think about my own life and I think about yours, that's what I want for me, and that's what I want for you. And not just because I want you to live a good life, because I want you to live God's best life for you. See, I, I go on and I think about, you look at this, Jesus chose. That, that's like beyond belief. He chose to give up his rights. That at any point he could have done anything he wanted. He could have exercised the power of God to get himself out of the situation. And he just continued to choose it. In fact, he, he chose not to defend himself. I can't even imagine. If I'm honest with you, I try to be. Um, I try to share you with you the things that are good in my life and sometimes the places that I need work as well because I think it's important. I think it's important that we recognize we're on the same page and I'm on the same journey you are. Um, past couple of weeks, I had an individual in my life that, um, if I'm just straight up honest, they tested my patience. And uh, they tested it in a number of ways, probably unlike it's been tested in a long time. And um, as I was going through that, um, you know how some people, they just, they just find a way to push your buttons. I was allowing it to happen. Like I, I was under some maybe more unusual stress than normal in the midst of moving and, and all going on. But this one individual kept pushing my buttons. And at one point I responded finally to the pushing of my buttons. And truthfully, I didn't respond as well as I wanted to. Um, I spoke firmly. Um, I spoke honestly, but it was a little salty, if you know what I'm saying. And, and when it was all said and done, I felt really, I didn't feel good about what I'd said. And it was, in fact, it was funny. I, um, I was sitting around the house that evening after I'd had the conversation I did. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but I was just beating myself up. And I was just thinking, oh, why didn't I just let it go? Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut, right? And, and my daughter looked at me, she said, Dad, what is wrong with you? Like, just let it go. And, and I wanted to be like, who are you to tell me? And I thought to myself, she's right, right? 
Um, but, but I'll tell you, I, I did try to let it go. I, I tried to get a good night's rest. Then I got up the next day and the next day, let me tell you something, the guy pushed my buttons again. And, and at that point, I remembered the sleepless night before. And, um, and I thought to myself, nope, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing it. Whatever it takes, I am not going to go there. And, and I'm telling you, I had to ask Jesus for help. And I had to ask him to keep my mouth shut. And, but, but, I, but I will say this. I had to ask him to help me not need to have the last word. To not need to basically feel like I had won the argument. Have you ever, like, when was the last time you were in a spot and you were in an argument and you just chose not to try to win it. You just chose to say, I'm going to try to take the high road. Now, I don't know about you. I think that's, that is really, really hard, if not sometimes next to impossible. But picture Jesus doing it. See, even the difference between you and I and Jesus is uh, if anybody had the power to flip the tables around, it was Jesus. And yet he chose to give that power away and not to do it. You know, um, Pilate actually said to Jesus, don't you realize you have the power to free yourself? Um, that I have the power to free you and to not crucify you. And Jesus responded, here's, here's what, his, what his answer was. You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Isn't that just, just powerful words? See, God is in control of this event all the way to the end. In fact, as we get towards the end of this, here's how I want you to see it. Um, Jesus' death, it really, um, I think it'd be really easy to think, Kevin, how is that good news? You know, wasn't Jesus' death probably for everyone who was looking on, wasn't that terrible news? And from the outside, it looked like it. But from God's upper story, it was incredible news. In fact, um, when Jesus died and the leaders in the lower story, they would have felt that uh, they got the last word. But it was interesting what Jesus' last words were. Here's what he says in John 19, verse 30. It is finished. This isn't a declaration of defeat. It's actually a proclamation of victory. He's saying that the work he came to do, the will of the Father has been completed. The Lamb of God has been slain and the sin has been paid for once and for all. You know, it says that right after Jesus' death, there was this curtain in the temple. Um, and this curtain is what separated people from their sin and, and from the Holy of Holies. And, and here's what scripture says, Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. See, right when Jesus died, that curtain split right down the middle. It goes on, Hebrews 10 says this, verse 22, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and in full assurance of our faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We now have access to God. Lower story perspective, they would look and go, he is finished. This Jesus who came and said he was the son of God, he is finished. Upper story's perspective, what God would say is, it is finished. In fact, what Jesus came to do, what Jesus came to do, which was create a pathway, 
was to create an opportunity for you and I to enter into a growing relationship with Jesus, it's done. Um, you know, it, it, I think one of the kind of the interesting things about this story is that when Jesus says, it is finished, it actually was like a brand new beginning. It was a brand new opportunity. It was an opportunity for those folks back then. It was an opportunity for us today that when we hear the good news, we can respond to it, that the power of sin is broken and that we have the opportunity to be loved and forgiven and set free and washed clean. My invitation to you, um, and your campus pastors are going to come in just a second. My invitation to you would be this. Would you open your heart to the good news? And, and even though this story, it may end in death, it ends with new beginnings, new possibilities. Um, in your life today, there are new possibilities. The possibility of the old being put to death, that this new life may come to fruition. God has a plan for you. I hope and pray that you might contemplate today to choose him and to choose his will and his plan for your life. Father, I thank you as the campus pastors come. I pray that you would help us to respond to you, to your good news. It is incredible news that we have the opportunity to know you, to be in relationship with you, that you chose out of love for us to lay your life down to willingly walk out this plan that the Father had to bring us into relationship with Him. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.